We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for August 16th, 2022. The last time Johnny Cueto took the mound for the White Sox back on August 10th, he tossed one of his typical quality starts with six innings against the Royals. He allowed three runs, and only two were earned, but the White Sox still unraveled. Poor defense from Yohan Moncada started it, poor relief work ended it, and the White Sox lost 8-3 as a result. After the game, Cueto said, We can't get comfortable. We need to go out and play and play hard and show what we can do. We need to fight. We need to show the fire that we have, if we have any. Through seven innings on Monday night against the Astros at guaranteed right field, Cueto could have reissued that quote verbatim. The defense dug him an early hole when Josh Harrison whiffed on what should have been a double play ball that cleared the bases, but instead set the stage for a quick 2-0 Houston lead, and inning after inning the White Sox couldn't really threaten it. In fact, they found different ways to back off. Jose Urquidy shrugged off a first batter single to retire 10 White Sox in a row, and when that streak ended with a pair of one-out singles in the fourth, Yasmani Grandal bounced into a slow-developing 3-6-1 double play to kill that rally. An inning later, Harrison was caught stealing on what might have been a hit-and-run call that Gavin Sheets didn't receive. In the seventh, the White Sox had two on and one out, only to see Yohan Moncada and Harrison end the inning on two pitches between them. Moncada with the first pitch flyout, and Harrison with the first pitch popout. Meanwhile, Cueto did everything he could do to preserve hope. He put together his own string of nine consecutive retired. He stranded the bases loaded in the fifth by getting Alex Bregman to pop out. He killed another rally with an inning-ending 6-4-3 in the sixth. He then restored order, pitching a 1-2-3-7th on 10 pitches, then doing the same in the 8th. On his 100th and final pitch of the night, he won a 7-pitch full-count battle against Kyle Tucker with a high 2-seamer. After getting the whiff, he spun toward center field, dropped to one knee, and pumped both fists while letting out a scream. In isolation, the reaction, while warranted for his evening of work, seemed disproportionate for the event. The bases were empty. The White Sox still trailed by two. He made tougher pitches and tighter spots without that kind of emotional release. But if that was Cueto trying somehow, some way to transplant some of that fire into the rest of the team, well, I'll be damned it worked. 
In a typical recap with an inverted pyramid structure, I would have started this wake-up call by saying the White Sox won yet another series opener at home, this time in come-from-behind fashion with the 4-2 victory over the Houston Astros on Monday night. And while that gives you the most necessary information as fast as possible, it doesn't capture the experience of watching the White Sox finally snatch victory from the jaws of a defeat we'd seen 40 times before. The White Sox packed a lot of remarkable things into a half inning, starting with the fact that Urquidy retired the first two batters on four pitches and would have had a 1-2-3 inning on six pitches had Bregman been able to come up with A.J. Pollock's slow chopper towards third. It was a typical 50-50 barehanded charging play and it broke in the White Sox' favor to keep the inning alive. The White Sox then made their own luck once Dusty Baker pulled Urquidy in favor of setup man Rafael Montero. For instance, Andrew Vaughn watched Montero's first four pitches all target the outside corner and inches off the plate when home plate umpire Chris Conroy gifted him a strike on the second fastball to even the count at one. When Montero tried a fifth outside fastball, again an inch or two off the plate, Vaughn prepared to cover it, extending and slicing a line drive inside the right field chalk. Vaughn got a double out of it, but Pollock could only reach third so the Sox still trailed by two. Then came Aloy Jimenez, who made a mistake swinging at a two-seamer that ran well inside, then fouled back another one that was over the plate at the top of the zone. On 0-2, when Montero tried to go back into Jimenez's kitchen, Jimenez anticipated it. He brought it in his hands and a pitch at least three inches inside, and he kept it fair, shooting it inside third base and passed it diving Bregman for a two-out double that tied the game. The parade continued. Jose Abreu came to the plate with the go-ahead run in scoring position, and when Montero started him off with two pitches out of the zone, Baker called for the intentional walk. That brought Yasmani Grandal to the plate, and Grandal drew the most unintentional of walks, reaching base on six pitches without taking the bat off his shoulder. That's when Yohan Mankata strode to the plate with the bases loaded, and when Montero tried to get ahead with the fastball that split the plate in the top third of the zone, Mankata didn't let the hittable pitch pass him by. He jumped on it and lined a single to center that scored two runs and the final two runs of the game. Liam Hendricks yielded a one-out walk and a two-out single in the ninth, but Mauricio Dubon, a utility infielder with a .256 on base percentage this year, who was batting leadoff because starting shortstop Jeremy Pena was late scratch, popped out on the first pitch to end the game. Hawk Harrelson always liked to talk about how every team wins 60 games and loses 60 games, and it's the other 42 that matter. The White Sox felt like they had a record of 2-23 in those 42 games this year. Now it's 3-for-23, and it's a hell of an undercard for tonight's main event, when Dylan C. squares off against Justin Verlander in a battle of American League Cy Young favorites. Moreover, it's the first time that the pitchers with the two lowest ERAs have met in the second half of a season since Roger Clemens and Chris Carpenter in 2005. Verlander leads all of baseball with a 1.85 ERA, and the White Sox are one of a few teams that have been able to inflate it. They tagged him for seven runs, four earned, on nine hits over three and two-thirds innings in a 7-0 victory back on June 18th. In his eight starts since, Verlander is 7-0 with a 1.17 ERA. And yet that pales in comparison to Cease, who has a .66 ERA over his last 14 starts. He also hasn't allowed an unearned run in his last 10 outings, during which he's 7-2 with a .89 ERA. First pitch is at 7.10 p.m. Central on NBC Sports Chicago, and it's also the free game on MLB.tv. You'll probably want to be there for said first pitch, and the next 200 or so afterward, even the score is probably going to be something like 8-5. to five. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Down on the farm, the four full-season affiliates were off as usual on Mondays. The Arizona Complex League White Sox affiliate was active, and that's an understatement. It beat the ACL Rangers 11-10 in 10 innings. Rymel Tapio went 4-5. for five. Tyler Elko struck out five times but hit a three-run homer in his other at-bat, while Drake Logan struck out four times but tripled and singled when he made contact. The Dominican Summer League White Sox beat the DSL D-backs Black Squad 3-2. Carlos Jimenez went 2-for-3 with a triple. When play resumes in the levels above, Charlotte will host the Syracuse Chiefs, Jason Benetti's former employer, and Birmingham will be home to play the Tennessee Smokies. The A-ball teams are on the road, with Winston-Salem playing Hickory and Kannapolis against Columbia. Around the league, a couple items of news before you get to the scores. Major League Baseball announced the postseason schedule. The wildcard games will take place October 7th through October 9th, Friday through Sunday, with Divisional Series starting the following Tuesday. If the World Series went seven games, the postseason would end on November 5th, but let's take it a game at a time. The other big headline from Monday, the Rangers fired Chris Woodward, who failed to record a winning season in four tries. The Rangers were 51-63 and this year, and while it's not entirely unexpected even though they added Marcus Semien and Corey Seager, there's probably a lot of baggage from going 6-24 in one-run games. Now the scores. The Guardians split a doubleheader with the Tigers, winning Game 1-4-1, but losing Game 2-7-5. Minnesota held on to beat the Royals 3-1, so both the Sox and Twins gained a half game on Cleveland, and now both sit two back. Elsewhere, the Yankees continued to scuffle, getting shut out for the second straight game in a 4-0 loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. Anthony Rizzo finally got called for throwing his leg into a pitch barely off the plate, so look for that highlight if you haven't seen it. In the other games with major wildcard implications, the Orioles beat the Blue Jays 7-3, and the Mariners withstood a typically excellent start by Shohei Otani and exploded for four runs in the top of the ninth inning to beat the Angels 6-2. The go-ahead run scored on a rundown where the Angels forgot to cover home plate. When the smoke cleared, the Mariners still maintained their half-game lead over Tampa Bay and Toronto for the first wildcard spot. They're 63-54, while the Rays and Jays are 61-53. The Orioles are the first team on the outside of the bubble, but they close the gap to one and a half games, and then come the White Sox, who are two games back no matter which race you're following. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake Up Call. Visit SoxMachine.com to celebrate the game, and make sure you check the comments where you can see a member of the Sox Machine community apparently inspired Tony La Russa to pinch run Adam Engel for Aloy Jimenez in the eighth inning. Good work, Charlie. We'll also be talking about a few things I like seeing from Monday night, as well as the Cease Verlander matchup that'll be the biggest news in baseball for the next 24 hours. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. You'll also find our appearance on the Bleacher Blums podcast, in which Josh and I talk to Jeff Blum on the Blue Wire Network's Astros show. 
If you like our work and want to support what we do, visit patreon.com slash socksmachine, where you can sign up for an ad-free version of the site and show with bonus content on both for as little as $2 a month. Thanks for listening to the Socks Machine Podcast. For SocksMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. Socks Machine.